good morning. Hope you're having a fantastic Tuesday morning thus far. Welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we hope that you're having a fantastic day in the name of the Lord. Um, we got a fantastic show lined up for you today in hopes that this um, will just help to edify your souls and give you guys... Um, you know, an opportunity to be able to worship God and Spirit and Truth on your way to do your morning thing. Um, and so we're grateful and excited to be among you guys today. Go ahead and hit us down in the comment box with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have. Go ahead and hit that like button, hit that share button, uh, and, and hit the follow button if you're not following me already. And I really do appreciate you guys and hope that you guys have a fantastic day in the name of the Lord. Uh, thank you so, so much for giving me this opportunity to be able to um, to be spend some time with you guys. Um, if you're in the comment box and you love the Lord, go ahead and put some hearts in the um, in the comment box or put some crosses in the comment box just to let people know and to let, let us all know that you are loving the Lord just as much as we are. Um, and hopefully we're excited to be able to be among you guys and just to be able to worship in spirit and truth on today. I'm uh, going to start off with a word of prayer, and then we're going to get into our word for this morning, coming out of Galatians chapter 6 and Matthew chapter 11. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put those in the comment box really quickly um, as I'm kind of learning how to get this thing done. So we're going to put this in here real quick. Galatians 6 and Matthew 11. <coughs> Alright, and so again, we love you guys and hope that you guys are having a fantastic day in the name of the Lord thus far. I'm going to go ahead and start off with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for gathering us here together to give your name praise, glory, and honor through this worship service by via morning show. We're grateful to God that you've given us this opportunity to be able to worship you in spirit and truth on today. We're asking, Lord God, that you just uh, saturate our hearts and minds with more of you. Um, allow this worship service and allow this... Um, this morning show to be none of me, but all of you, Lord God. We're asking that you just decrease us all in flesh, that you may increase in spirit. Render to us a word that will edify, magnify, deliver, and set free. Lord God, encourage the brothers and sisters on today that, uh, that, you know, that you are still reigning on the throne, despite whatever trials and tribulations may be going on throughout our lives, that, Lord God, you have not forgotten about us, you have not abandoned us, you are still here, you are still in control, you are still in charge, and, Lord God, we're ever so careful to give your name praise, glory, and honor for everything that you are doing for us. Throughout this day, Lord God, just guide us and lead us into what you would have us to do. Um, and help us to glorify your name and everything that we do, Lord God, everything that we touch, every person that we talk to, every endeavor that we um, encounter on today, Lord God, allow us just to uh, glorify your name in everything that we say and in everything that we do throughout this day so that someone may see our good works and glorify your name uh, to, to the glory of you. When we've been so careful to give your name all praise, glory, and honor, it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, again, we are, <laughs> you say you're crazy, um, we, are, we are grateful today um, to be kind of continuing our conversation from yesterday. Um, my wife and I talked about um, the conversation we were having yesterday regarding um, asking God for help when it comes to the issues that we have that are keeping us out of line, keeping us out of alignment with him. 
And so we uh, were talking about it this morning, and one of the things that we came across is the fact that a lot of us don't know how to ask people for help. Um, and we don't know how to ask people for various reasons. And so I wanted to go into the Word today to talk about how we go about asking others for help with our issues and with our problems, whatever they may be. Uh, starting in, in um, Galatians chapter 6, uh, starting with verse number 1, <clears throat> Galatians chapter 6, starting with verse 1, says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he's something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone, and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let, each, let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. If we go then to Matthew chapter 11, Jesus tells us something that, that should give us all great relief and great joy um, in that he gives us this opportunity to be able to share the burdens that we have. <clears throat> in verse 25 of Matthew chapter 11, we find these words here. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father. Give me one second. Hold on. Got to do this. There we go. Um, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Yesterday we talked about the fact that for a lot of us, we don't know how to um, ask God for help. We don't utilize the weapon that God has given us in terms of open confession. Uh, the weapon that God has, has given us is, is such to where if we open ourselves up to being scrutinized by the Word, scrutinized by the Almighty God, scrutinized by Christ and the Holy Spirit, it allows us the opportunity to walk in a true freedom that um, that we uh, that we otherwise would not be able to really bask in. As a matter of fact, it tells us in Second Corinthians, if I'm not mistaken. And give me one second to find it. Yep, it tells us verse in verse 17. 
Um, now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God gives us freedom if we are worshiping Him in spirit and truth, that, that we are worshiping Him in freedom. And the more that we um, take advantage of the joy and the peace that God has ushered us into, the more we're able to walk in a liberty that is truly mind-boggling because God gives us the opportunity God gives us the opportunity to be able to cast our cares upon him to cast our burdens upon him and to be able to allow him to really search our hearts and minds to find anything that's not like him as David um, declared in the Psalms um, so that we can be made more like him. And the closer we draw to God, the more he's going to search our hearts and expose those things that are not like him. And in the exposing of the things that are not like him, we are given the opportunity to really scope out, to really be scoped out and to be more like Christ and to put and denounce sin. Anything that's not like him, any transgression, any issue, any problem that's not like him, we're able to then be, have those things searched out of us and to no longer be slave, enslaved by the sin that, we, that we're in. Um, but in order for us to be there, in order for us to get to that point, we have to confess our faults before an almighty God. And that by itself is already difficult because we don't want to confess our faults and our sins and our flaws to Jesus, Jesus at all. We want Jesus to mask our sins and to mask our faults and to mask our flaws. But we don't want him to expose them. We don't want him to show them. We don't want, we don't want him to, be, he, we don't want to show him those things. We want to keep those things behind us and keep those things in the corner somewhere. But once we have an understanding that God sees all, that God knows all, that God, that God is everywhere all at once, and he knows everything that we've done and everything that we're doing, we should have a sense of ease because the God that knows all still loves us. Despite everything that we've done, despite all the issues that we have, he still loves us. And because he still loves us, we should go boldly before the throne of grace, as we talked about in Hebrews, and be able to um, take on the um, take on the mercy that he gives us, lavishly gives us, because that mercy was purchased on the cross for us. That God didn't come into this world, Christ didn't come into this world to condemn it, but by through him the world might be saved. Now, because of that. God then ushers us as the brothers and sisters of Christ to be able to openly confess our faults and flaws among the brothers and sisters of faith so that we can encourage one another and build one another up and be able to talk about those issues and help each other um, become more and more like Christ every single day. And that's what a lot of us get tripped up on. Because we don't want to talk about our issues with anybody. We don't want to talk, especially among the Christians. Uh, and again, I'm talking to the believers. I ain't talking to the unbelievers. I'm talking to the believers in here today. 
we 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 have a tendency to not want to talk about our issues and our problems with our own brothers and sisters. We would rather carry the mask of invincibility and invulnerability amongst the brothers and the sisters in the faith, despite the fact that we know that we're not perfect, despite the fact that we know that we all need a savior, despite the fact that we all know that we are fall we fall woefully short of the glory of God even on our best day. We don't want to talk to anybody about our issues. We don't want to talk to anybody about our problems. We don't want to talk to anybody about the burdens that we're bearing. And there are several reasons for why we do that. I'm going to point out five of them today. We'll say things like, I can do it myself. So we carry a whole bunch of pride. I don't want anybody's help. I'll just do it myself. I'll take care of my burdens, I'll take care of my issues, I'll take care of my problems, I'll take care of my sins by myself. I, I, it's just me and Jesus. Don't nobody else need to know about it. Sometimes we'll feel um, a sense of rejection in so much that we feel like if I tell somebody, you know, they, 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 they're, gonna, they're only going to let me down because they let me down before. When I told this person about what was going on with me, they let me down. When I told this person about what was going on with me, they let me down. I don't want to be let down again. And so I don't want to tell anybody about my problems. I don't want to tell anybody about my burdens. I don't want to tell anybody about my issues. Sometimes we'll say, I don't want to be a burden to anybody else. Everybody else got problems. Everybody else got issues. Everybody else dealing with stuff. I don't want to put my problems on them. And so I'm going to keep these to myself. And I help, I'll help them with their stuff. But I don't want anybody to help me with my stuff. Because I don't want to put that burden on them. I don't want to tell them about what's going on with me. I don't want to make. The, I don't want anybody's um, pity, and I don't want anybody to feel like you know they have to drop everything they're doing to try to help me. Sometimes we'll. Um, sometimes we'll feel like you know people will embarrass us if they ever found out what was going on with us. They'll say things like you know you know last you know I don't want anybody to, to go telling my business off to anybody else. You know, I don't want anybody knowing my business. It's embarrassing to be weak. It's embarrassing to need help. It's embarrassing to, to have a fault. It's embarrassing to have a flaw. And then sometimes we'll just have a defeatist attitude where, you know, it doesn't matter. It's not going to solve the problem. It's not going to solve the issue. Telling them ain't gonna, it ain't going to make a difference. You know, it's still, the problem's still going to be there. The problem's still going to persist. I can't tell you how many times people have come into the therapy room and said things like that, but just by confessing their issues and confessing their faults and confessing their flaws to an unbiased person, so to speak, as me in the therapy room as a therapist, they walk out of those rooms, even if they don't even have a solution, feeling infinity percent better because they were able to talk about the issue. They were able to unburden themselves and allow somebody else to help carry the load. Though we may not have solved the problem, we don't. We might not have solved the problem always. They feel lighter in their souls because they confessed their issues. They confessed their problems. They confessed what was going on with them. And so I'm saying this to say to us today. That we have been given such an incredible gift. A gift of knowing that God sees all. God knows all. And despite his knowledge of everything. He's still here. He is still among us. 
he is still standing right next to us. And for us as believers, he's still living in us. That gives us so much joy, or it should produce in us so much joy and peace. Because the God who knows everything, knows what we're struggling with, knows what we're going through, knows what kind of problems we're, deal we're dealing with, knows what kind of issues that we have, and he hasn't abandoned us. He's been standing right there the whole time. I was reading, I'm reading this book called, um, called, um, Delighting in God. And I'll flip the camera around so you guys can see it. I'm reading this book called Delighting in God by A.W. Tozer. It's one of the, one of the, a really really good book, and he was saying um, in one of the chapters um, that we have this idea that whenever we do wrong or we and whenever we feel like we're we're not in lockstep with God, that God abandons us, that He's the one who leaves us. But what um, A. W. Tozer tells us is that God doesn't go anywhere. This is the all knowing, the all powerful, and the ever present God. God never leaves us. God is always present. He's, his spirit is everywhere. He sees all and knows all and is always around us. For the believer, he's always in us. And as a result, we, God never abandons us. It's always us who leaves him. We're always drawing away from him. We're always thinking, oh, I've done something wrong. I might as well just, I'm done. Me and God, we ain't vibing right now. So we're always leaving him. But and, and I love how the um how the scriptures put it. Even when we're faithless, God is still faithful. That God never leaves us. He promised in his word, I'll never leave you, never forsake you, and I'm with you even until the end of the age. Like God never goes away. He he never leaves us. He never abandons us. If we're believers in him, if we have confessed that he is Christ and we believe that he died and rose again, we are saved. And his Holy Spirit authenticates our um, our relationship with him and, and lives in us. So he never leaves us. We're all if we if we mess up and we feel like, oh, God has left me. Nah, you left him. If you're feeling that way, you left him. He didn't leave you. He le we, we left him. But what a sweet relief to know that he sees all and knows all. And as a result, he knows us and still ain't going nowhere. The love that he has for us is such to where we can boldly go before the throne of grace with all of our issues and problems, right? So, I'm not saying that we should just go to church one day in front of all the congregation and be like, I messed up. It's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that there should be at least three, four brothers and sisters that we can talk to about our issues openly and freely in so much that we're not reveling in the issues. Talking about, girl, you ain't gonna believe what I did last night. But rather, being able to say, I need help. I, I, I got an issue. I got a problem. I got a situation. I got a circumstance. Because if the God of all creation knows, sees all, knows all, ain't gone nowhere then how much more should we be able to then just at the very least talk to our brothers and sisters about what we're going through? Even if it's not to get help per se, but just to confess the issues, confess the problems, confess I messed up, confess I need help, confess 
that you know something that I you know this is the area that I'm struggling with. You know, far too often we are divorcing ourselves from the power that God has given us through open confession and through the truth setting us free, as it talks about in John chapter eight. Matter of fact, let me go there really quickly. John's, uh, John, in John's gospel, the, uh, Christ says to this, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So he tells us, you know, that we are divorcing ourselves from the power that God has given us by speaking the truth about where we are, because the truth is what, breaks, what sets us free. As we talked about yesterday, David said in, in Psalm 32, I believe it's in 32, that, you know, his bones were wasting away the more he kept his mouth shut. The more he didn't talk about the issues before God or before his brothers, his bones were wasting away. Our souls are deprived of the power that God has given us by the power of the truth. Whenever we keep our mouths shut, whenever we keep silent, whenever we don't talk about the problems or the issues that we struggle with, we are divorcing ourselves from the power that God has given us by connecting to the brothers and sisters that are there for us to encourage one another, to love one another, to be kind to one another, to bear one another's burdens, to lift one another up, to exalt one another, to exhort one another, to, you know, to submit one to another, to help one another. All those one another's in the New Testament, they are there because it helps us to tap into a power source that God has freely given to us by virtue of us being connected to each other as the brothers and sisters of Christ. And we have to, we have to overcome the pride, overcome the fear of rejection, overcome, you know, the fear of, of, of the, the fear of being defeated, the fear of being embarrassed by everything that we had that we that we've done in an attempt to tap into the power that God has given us by open confession one to another. It may be that the solution to our problems may not come so much through a word from the Bible, even though it, it, even though it can and it should, but it might come from a person who we're meant to talk to about the issues, and in talking about the issues, we come together in God, we come together in faith, we pray about it, we, we, walk, we walk in God and lockstep with it, and in doing so, we find a solution that God gives us, and we hold each other accountable. Hold each other accountable to what we said, is, to, what we, to what we know um, to be true about the word, to be true about the Lord. When I was going through um, my issues last year, um, you know, one of the things that I learned about myself is that any time that I was getting frustrated about something, it would show up in my um, it would show up in my um, in my forehead through these frown lines that y'all see, you know, that are you know right there, like they would show, like it would really like show up real, real bad, like this. And so, as I so once I was able to figure that out, I confessed that to my wife and said, you know. Anytime that I get frustrated, you see it in my face. It's always in my face. You know, that's a sign of frustration for me. And if I can just find a way to calm my face down, 
then you know then or what or you know figure out what's going on within you know that at least that's the telltale sign and if i can catch it then i can take the step back and do what i need to do in order to re-engage uh, my wife as my accountability partner at that point anytime she saw that i was getting frustrated through my face she would literally come up to me and start massaging my temples and massaging my forehead to remind me, hey, you're frustrated. Calm down. Relax. Let's talk about what's going on with you. Wonders for the soul. Because it engaged an opportunity to be able to talk about the issues and talk about the problems that were going on. That's what accountability does. That's what having brothers and sisters in the faith does. When we're able to walk lockstep with one another and be able to talk about our issues one to one to another, it helps us to be able to say, let's take this to the Lord. Let's talk about it. Let's figure out what's going on. Let's figure out what's wrong. You know, sometimes you, you just need a soundboard. Holler at me. Talk to me. I don't have to come with a solution. Just talk to me. What's going on? What's bothering you? What's up with you? Why are you feeling the way that you're feeling? You know, what do we need to take to the cross? What do we need to take to the Lord? What do we need to pray? What do we need to pray? pray uh, what do we need to pray about? You know, um, how, how wonderful it feels when someone sends a text message or a phone call saying, is there anything I can pray for you about? Is there anything going on that you need prayer for? You know, I ain't trying to get up in your business or nothing like that. But is there anything in particular that you need prayer on? Anything that's going on? You know, and, and what a sweet relief to be able to know that there are people out there that are ready and willing to stand in the gap with us. Not just for us, but with us. To, stay, to stand in those trenches with us. And bear one another's burdens with each other. We as the people of God have been given such a great sweet gift. The gift of brotherhood. The gift of brothers and sisters of the faith. That regardless of race creed, cultural background, socioeconomic status, whatever, we are all brothers and sisters in Christ because it's Christ that brings us together. And as brothers and sisters in Christ, we don't have to struggle alone. We don't have to suffer alone. We don't have to go through anything by ourselves. We have an army of believers who are, will, who are will, ready and willing to stand in the gap for us. Again, I'm not saying that we confess our faults and flaws to every single person on the planet. I'm not saying to do that. But there should be about two or three brothers and sisters with whom you got skin in the game who are willing to be there for you as best as they can. Again, as we said yesterday, sometimes we can want people to be there for us in ways that they can't, and that's not fair to them. And so, just because a person can't show up for you the way that you want them to, doesn't mean that they can't show up. It just means that you got to be mindful of who you're asking, who you're asking for help from, and in what capacity they can help. Because again, everybody can't. Everybody might not be able to lend you five hundred dollars, and you know, but somebody, but everybody ought to be able to at least pray for you. You see what I'm saying? And so, again, we got to be mindful of who we're asking help from and not put people in positions of um, if not put people in positions where they can't help and then get frustrated when they can't give us the kind of help that we're looking for from them when we're asking for it. Nevertheless, we still should be able to ask 
for it anyway. Ask for the help. Ask for conversation. Ask for, you know, help in a situation. Listen, you struggling with pornography? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about what's going on there. You know, we all have had a struggle in one area or another where we've fallen short of the glory of God. Sin is sin. Whether it's big or little, sin is sin. So you struggling with pornography? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about why, you know, why, why you know, the pornography is so, you know, accessible, why you watch it, this sort of thing. You struggling with drugs? Struggling with drug addiction? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about do we need to get you into a program? Do we need to help you to um to figure out that there's a 12-step program available to you? You know, do we need to put you in something? You know, uh, celebrate recovery? Like what, like what, where do we need to go? You, you struggling with loneliness? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about, you know, why you need so badly to be booed up with somebody or why you feel like you need to be in somebody's co company so bad all the time. Let's, let's, let's discuss it. You struggling with gambling? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about why you why you love the slot machine so much. Let's talk about why you love, you know, putting bets down so much so to where you're spending money, your bill money, spending your bill money on, you know, on an opportunity that 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 may that you may get lucky, but you're not but you're not, you know, guaranteed to get lucky every single time. Like Let's talk about, let's talk about, you know, um, you know, why it is that you're so judgmental all the time. Like, can't, ain't nobody good in your eyes. Everybody, everybody got a problem. Everybody got an issue. You're always pointing out other people's faults. Always pointing out other people's flaws. Let's talk about that. Why is that such an issue for you? Let's talk about why it's so hard for you to be vulnerable. Let's talk about why it's so hard for you to not be able to trust people. Let's talk about why every time you get close to somebody, you're about to self-sabotage and destroy your entire relationship because you're afraid they're going to get too close. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about why it's so hard for you to trust people in church. Let's talk about the church hurt that you've experienced. Let's talk about the fact that when you went to church and you tried to, you know, join the church and you tried to, you know, be vulnerable and tried to do this and, and, and tried to be a part, that there was so much judgment and hate that you were dealing with from church folk in the, in the church that it turned you away, not just from church, but it turned you away from the Lord. Let's talk about the issues because the only way that we can grow is by talking. The only way that we can change is by talking. We got to confess our faults and our flaws one to another. I often tell people this in therapy. No one can know what they can, what you need help with unless you ask them, unless you tell them. If you don't tell people what you need help with, you cannot expect them to help. It's, it's really that simple. If people, if people don't know what you need help with, they can't help you. They can assume, but they can't help. And so at the end of the day, we've got to be willing to open our mouths and say something. Open our mouths and say something to our brothers and sisters. Because sometimes, again, God, God's means of trying to help us to move forward in Him is a matter of us learning how to be um, held accountable to our brothers and our sisters and in order to be held accountable to our brothers and sisters we got to talk to them we got to talk to them God gives us an army of brothers and sisters that we are able to openly confess our faults and our flaws to and God allows us that space again not to confess to 50,000 people but two or three brothers and sisters that we can that we can lean on that we can depend on and that we can share our burdens with 
as it says again in Galatians chapter um Galatians chapter six. I'm gonna go back to it again. If anyone is caught in any transgression, verse one, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourselves, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And so, I encourage us today, as we are walking in the power of confession. Because again, this is a weapon, a spiritual weapon that God has given us to be able to walk out, um, to walk in the power of the spirit of truth. The truth being able to set us free as we are <clears throat> tapping into the power of open confession that we learn that by the fact that by the fact that God has that God sees all God knows all and has not abandoned us it can empower and encourage us to talk about our issues with one another because if the God of all creation didn't reject us Despite us, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So if Christ didn't reject us, then even if people reject us, we can, we can trust in the power of knowing that I've told the truth. And the truth is, I'm struggling. I'm struggling in this area. I'm struggling with this issue. I struggle with, you know... With looking at things I shouldn't look at. I struggle with having such anger and malice and, and hatred and vitriol toward people. Despite saying that, you know, that God is love. And that I'm supposed to be embodying the love that God had, that God has for us. You know, I struggle with, uh, I struggle with addiction. I struggle with loneliness. I struggle with, you know, with, with pride. I struggle with trying to climb ladders and wanting and stepping on people to get to, get to where I want to be in life. Like I, I, I struggle, you know, with, you know, with, with, with zoning out on mindless entertainment instead of really, you know, filling up my, um, filling up my mind with the things of God. Like I, I, there's a whole bunch of stuff I'm struggling with from one day to the next. And I need help in these areas. Being able to confess our faults and our flaws one to another is a, is a power that Christ gives us that the Holy Spirit empowers us to be able to utilize. And the more that we're able to step into and tap into that power, the more empowered we will become to walk in the truth. To be able to lay our burdens, to lay our burdens bare before people, to have no secrets, to have no issues, to have nothing that, you know, can be used against us in the in, in, in spiritual warfare. To be able to talk about our issues does a wonder for the soul. And so again, I encourage all of us today that as we're walking in open confession, that we are able to tap into the power of God and be able to talk about the issues that we have one with another and in so fulfill the law of Christ by bearing one another's burdens. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I thank you guys for the 1,200 likes that you've given us so far. Um, and go ahead and continue to hit that like button, hit that share button, hit that comment. Um, hit the follow button if you're not following me already. 
Again, I'm so, so thankful for every one of you that is um, that's on the live thus far and hope that you guys can stay on, you know, for as, for as long as the show is on. I'm going to write something down real quick and then I'm going to go get some um, roach spray because apparently I got bugs in here and they are bothering me and keeping me a little bit on the distracted side. So give me one second to write this down. Um, confessing. <clears throat> um, ought to one another. All right, give me one second. I'm going to be right back. Don't go nowhere. Still here. All right, still here. Still here. Still here. So just waiting on that bud to come back, and there he is. All right, got him. Man, that joke was getting on my nerves. Okay. All right. So let's get into this comment box and see what you guys got going on today in the comment section. Um, let's see. Um, FTX and Beast uh, said good morning. Um, definitely grateful for you being on live with us. I hope you're still here. Beats by um, Tisha. Hope you're doing well this morning, my girl. Um, let's see. It sent me all the way down to the end again. Um, let's see. Um, Simba said, can he send the Holy Spirit to me? No, the Holy Spirit lives in me. Um, let's see. So, Simba, I'm going to go ahead and mute you because ain't nobody got time for that. Um, let me see. We can pray about it. Let's see. Um, um anything's possible, says he's struggling with racism. Let me write that down. Struggling with racism. Okay. Okay, so we're going to mute that one. Rev Kramer said, What's good? What's going on? She said, too early for this. Junior Achiever said, let's discuss the Bible. Lucian, good morning. How you doing? Um, um, let's see. Okay. It said more white lies. Gonna get up out of here with that. I hate that it keeps sending me back to the bottom every time I, um, Get somebody out of here. Let's see. Um, knows all that. He's showing us to himself. Um, we already talked about that. Jesus is a spirit. Um, have you read the Bible? Why would it need believers? Says Junior Chief. So, hold on. Let me write. I'm going to write these down real quick. Um, why does... God need believers. Um, how do I feel about Christian nationalism? 
just scrolling scrolling through the comments um guys um to get to get to the bottom of the comments real quick um Jesus let's see Kenley Estate says, appreciate you. I need guidance from brothers like you connecting with the Lord. Amen, man. Listen, iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. And so I appreciate you for um for spending some time with your boy this morning. Hope that we're able to give you guys what you need on today. Um Alright. So the first question is coming from Junior Achiever. He asked the question, Have you read the Bible? Why would it need believers? Um <clears throat> Um, so the short answer to that is um, God doesn't need any of us. Um, God doesn't need believers. That's not um, he's not looking to gather a following as as we would as we would sometimes suggest that um, that he does. Like he's not looking for a, he's not looking for a following um, as the creator. God, he is the, he is one that demands to be worshipped. Um, but he doesn't need us um, in that regard. Um, he has given us the word to be able to have an understanding of who he is. Um, though we will never fully, we can never fully grasp who God is in his fullness because it's just way too much for our finite minds. Um, he's given us the Bible to be able to learn who he is in such a way as to um as to follow him and to believe in him um and so no he doesn't need believers um but we believe and if a belief makes us a believer then so be it we repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand um but god doesn't need us he doesn't need us um, God doesn't need believers. Um, rather, he has made himself known to the, to the world. He's made himself known to every person. Um, you know, whether it's by straight Jesus himself or whether it's by, um, you know, the intrinsic knowledge that he's put inside of our hearts prior to that particular culture being exposed to who Christ is, um, he has made himself known to all of creation um, and stands before the gate and says, be, you know, um, you know, be one with me. Um, but he doesn't need believers. He gives us the Bible so that we're able to better understand and unpack who he is, better understand the character and nature of who he is and understand what he has accomplished in the world. Um, the, the Bible gives us the picture from Genesis to Revelation of the gospel narrative what God has accomplished in the world what reconciliation looks like um, to to God and as we believe in him as we you know walk in him the Bible gives us the blueprint for what the reconciliation looks like and we're able to then carry out reconciliation by word and deed in presenting the gospel to all who will listen in an attempt to, you know, in an attempt to, you know, have God to touch their hearts and minds that they too may repent in the gospel. Um, and so again, you know, he doesn't need believers, um, but he does call upon us to repent and believe. And as a result of that, we are walking in 
and um, walking in a belief of him. Yeah, you know, and so again, you know, if that makes us believers, then so be it. But it's not a need. Um, I look at it like this. Um, if you, you know, are in school and you are learning someone's, you know, someone from way back when, their philosophy on this and their philosophy on that, you are becoming a believer in that person and that thing in so much that you are allowing it to mold and shape how you operate in the workplace. And so if I'm reading all these books on therapy, I am becoming a disciple of whatever the discipline is that I'm learning about. And so I am discipled by, you know, um, all these people that are up here on my bookshelf. Um, I'm discipled by Don Richard Riso and Russ Hudson. I'm discipled by Ian Morgan Cron. I'm discipled by Beth and Jeff McCord. I'm, um, you know, um, discipled by Gina Gomez. I'm being discipled by Chase Hill. All those people have written books on how to do therapy well and different topics on therapy that I then utilize to do my job. So I'm being discipled by them in the same way. <clears throat> When we are walking in, when we're deciding that we're going to be followers of Christ, we are being discipled by him. We're being discipled by him. We're saying the God of all creation has come down and has shown us the way by virtue of saying I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And by saying that we're, you know, hitching our wagon to him, we are being discipled, shaped, molded by him. And, we, and the Bible has been given to us as the blueprint for how to be more like Christ. And we are being molded and shaped into the image of the Son from one degree of glory to the next by virtue of the living word that we study day in and day out, in season and out of season, to show thyself approved before an almighty God. Not before man, but before God. To know more about him, to love him, to honor him, to praise him, to, to, to lift him up, to be more like him, to, to, to walk like him, to talk like him. We want our lives to be patterned in such a way where when people see us, they hear Jesus. They see Jesus. Jesus said it himself. How are they going to know that we, um, that we are his disciples? By how we show love one to another. And so we learn how to love like Christ. So that we're out in the world loving like Christ so that people can see the Christ in us. And so, yes, again, you know, it, it, God doesn't need believers. But as we are walking in lockstep with Jesus Christ, we are becoming not just believers, but we're becoming disciples of Jesus. Because we are patterning and molding our lives to look more like him in everything that we say and do. Just like we pattern ourselves to look like mold and shape, to look like whatever culture we want to fit in. You remember when we were in high school and we decided what clique we were going to be in? And by being a part of that clique, we had to dress the, like the clique. And so you had your goths, you had your jocks, you had your, you know, you had your, um, um, your mean girls, quote unquote. And everybody had a look. Everybody had a style. Everybody had a way of talking. Everybody had a way of thinking. Even if your mind was was its own, you patterned yourself to look like what was go what the the culture you wanted to fit in. In that same way, that's what we as Christians do. We are patterning ourselves after the one we're following, the one being Jesus. And as a result of that, we are being molded and shaped into the image of him from one degree of glory to the next 
so that we look more like him, we sound more like him, we talk more like him, we act more like him, so that people can see who he is by who we are. He said it in the word, by this they will know that you are my disciples. And I'm going um, I'm to I'm turn to it so I can let him speak for himself. <clears throat> John chapter 13, I believe. John chapter 13, verse 31. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, there we go. Yep, that's what we do. Um, if God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while, I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. So that's what this Bible does for us. It shows us, it teaches us how to love. It teaches us how to bear one another's burdens. It teaches us how to share resources with one another it teaches us how to put others before self not where we are doormats to people but that we think of others we exalt others more highly and we esteem others more highly than we do ourselves as we're constantly outdoing one another in showing love one to another um it's in philippians chapter 2 Philippians chapter 2. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count yourselves, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And how do we do that? Very next verse. Have this mind in among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God the thing to be grasped. Um... But emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name. Hallelujah. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth. And under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both um, to do, to both to will and to work 
for his good pleasure. And so again, he's telling us that if how are we to show the world who Jesus is? By how we love. By how we love. Not by our head knowledge. Not by our, you know, by the strength of our will and the strength of our might. But no, by how we love each other. And so we study this word. We study this Bible. We believe in this word. We are disciples of Christ to show the world who Christ is through our love. And I can count, and I can call a spade a spade. We as the body of believers have been falling woefully short of that as of late, especially in, in American culture. You know, as far as the as far as mass media is concerned, anyway, I'm sure there's people on the local level who are showing a whole lot of love that are never getting any press. You know, we love negativity. Right. But we've been we've fallen woefully short in the area of love. I see what you're doing, Jesus. Give me wrote in the book of Revelation. Book of Revelation, chapter 2, starting at verse 1. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. We, we find that for a lot of us as believers, we, we know how to do the works really well, but we've forgotten how to love. We forget the love, the lavish love that Christ gave to us when he died and rose again. That while we were yet sinners, while we were yet in our abandonment, while we were yet in our active rebellion against God, Christ died for us. While we were out there doing everything we wanted to do under the sun, we were, we, we were doing everything we wanted to do, we knew who God was, we knew who God is, we knew everything about him, and we still acted out. I ain't talking about the ones who didn't have a clue. I'm talking about the ones who knew. Active rebellion against God. Christ still got on that cross knowing of our active rebellion. Knowing we were going to fall short. Knowing we were going to make mistakes. He died for us. The lavish love that he gives us. We fall woefully short and miss the mark of loving one another. We would rather love our own than to love a complete stranger. Heck, some of us will love our own before we even love a friend. I know people who have who would have lavish resources, but they see their friend in need and they will they will hoard their resources instead of helping someone along the way. You know a lot of people who, you know, they have a whole lot and yet won't give anybody a dime. Won't won't help anybody at all. They, they're, 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 I want to help my people, want to help my family, want to help my friends. I don't want to help anybody else. You know, that, that's not the love of Jesus Christ. 
that that God Christ Himself said in the Word. You know why love someone who, who you know what Jesus speak for yourself, homie. Speak for yourself, Lord. Speak for yourself. Where does if where is it at? Jesus says in verse um, 43 in Matthew chapter 5, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus said it right there like, dude, loving people who love you, that, that ain't nothing. That ain't nothing. People do that all the time. Whether they saved or unsaved, they're going to love who's rocking with them. But, you, but God is calling us to a higher form of love, a higher form of love in such to where we're able to love people who they have shown hatred toward us. Again, I'm not saying to be a doormat to anybody, but I'm saying to have the same type of compassion for them when we see that they're in need as Christ saw our need and met it. He saw that we were in need of a savior to save us from our sins, to save us from our wickedness, to save us from our ways. And as a result, you know, as a result, he decided, you know, I'm going to, um, I'm going to love you and I'm going to, um, and I'm going to, you know, help you to get into a place where you're able to have a racial relationship and a walk with us, to have a relationship and walk with me. He did that for us. How much more should we love our brothers and sisters? How much more should we love people who are not of the faith? We, we have a hard time loving the brothers and sisters. We have a hard time loving our own. Let alone people who are not in the faith. And the world can see it. And the world feels it. And the world knows it. And that's why a lot of people want nothing to do with God. Because they see us. And they say, you supposed, you ro you rocking with Jesus and that's what you do? I want nothing to do with that. And so again, yes, we believe in Jesus. We are just being discipled by Christ. And the hope and expectation is that as we are being discipled by him, we are learning how to love better. So that when we come across one another, we are then able to have love one for another. Or at least we have love for you. And show you who Jesus is by how we love. And so again, our hope and expectation is that we are able to come together as the body of believers and love one another. And recognize that no, God doesn't need us to be his believers. And that's what makes God so good. Because despite his not needing us because he's God... He wants us and desires us to have a relationship with him, desires for us to be the be to 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 exalt him as the creator of creation. And in doing so, 
um, revel in the communion that we have and be the light that shines in the dark spaces so that others may want to um, follow him as much as we do. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. Certainly thankful for the 2,000 likes that you guys have given us thus far. Keep those likes coming. We really do appreciate you. Thank you for the follows. Thank you for the shares. Thank you for the likes. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the gifts. If you give anything, as a disclaimer, I am not getting paid for anything that I do here. I got my own job, make my own money, pay my own bills. So any, um, any gifts that you give to this ministry go straight toward keeping up our subscriptions with the websites and the um and the um and the podcasts but even if you don't give a dime those podcasts will still be available the website will still be up because i'll just pay for it myself so at the end of the day anything that you give is going straight toward that ministry nothing's going toward me so feel free to give in the comfort of knowing that it's all going toward just keeping these things up but even if you don't I'm grateful nonetheless that God has given us the platform to be able to share truth, knowledge, and wisdom with you guys. Um, so again, I thank y'all so much, more so than anything else, just for being here. Because you could be watching anybody else do anything else. I am not one of those NPCs that are out there trying to get y'all to give me money. I'm not gonna sit here and look pretty with you know with my you know with my you know with my chest out and you know with with my hair done and all that type of stuff. And y'all just sit there and just look at me all day. I'm not that dude. I'm just sitting here giving truth and knowledge, and I appreciate y'all for spending a little bit of time with your boy here on TikTok Live. Um, Agro Aaron asked the question, how do you feel about the rise of Christian nationalism? Um, and so um, the way that I feel about it is, is this. Um, many a people have um, utilized and weaponized Christianity. They've weaponized Christianity, um, and it hurts. It hurts to know um, that you know that that Christianity, that Christ, has been weaponized to fulfill other people's agendas. But it's nothing new under the sun. We have seen countless generations, countless cultures, countless countries weaponize faith, whether it be Christianity, Buddhism, um, um, um. Um, Islam, um, you know, whatever. People have utilized all sorts of faiths and religions and creeds and doctrines and codes and weaponized them in such a way to try to hurt folk. And I and it sucks. It it absolutely does suck. Um, even 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 us in, in America, um in black America, you know, when we really take an honest look at the transatlantic slave trade we we see that you know call spade a spade white folk weaponized christianity by ripping the scriptures apart and sandwiching pieces together in order to brainwash and enslave slaves they used a form of christianity it wasn't christ they were not preaching jesus they were definitely preaching master and slave mentalities but they ripped scriptures apart in order to do that. It's nothing new under the sun though. They've been doing that since the dawn of time. Ripping apart pieces of scripture. Ripping apart creeds. Ripping apart doctrines. Ripping apart everything under the sun. In an attempt to you know, weaponize it. 
and use it to manipulate, to instoke, to, to stoke fear, to stoke panic, to hurt people, to make people do what they want them to do. Um, it's atrocious, and you know I'm I'm hurt um, by that, and you know and it, it, it sucks, and I really wish that they wouldn't have done that. I wish that people today wouldn't do that because again, all they're they're using Christ to bolster their own platform. The foundation is not Jesus. The foundation is superiority. Uh, you know, I am more superior than people who don't believe the way that I do. You know, they use Christianity to justify being a Republican or justify being a Democrat or justify being of this race or justify being of that race. Like, that's, what, that's what's happening. It's not about Christ anymore. It's about me and what I want. And I'm going to use Christ as a means of getting what I want. Standing up for what I want and what I believe in. And so at the end of the day, that's not Jesus. Jesus denounced nationalism. You know, the Jews were out here believing that they were the only ones that were getting into the kingdom. And even though he came to the Jews first, you see so many opportunities and so many things where he said, go, when he said in Matthew 28, go to the nations. God himself said in Ezekiel chapter 36, I'm going to take you from among the nations. I'm going to make y'all one people. I'm not going to, you know, different cultures, different creeds, different races, different socioeconomic statuses and all that. But I'm going to make you one people under the banner of Jesus. You got people who are saying that Jesus is only for one, per for one set of people. That's not Christ. Christ didn't come here to do that. In God, there is no Jew, there is no Gentile, we're all one. There is no slave, there is no free, all are one. You know, we're all one. And so again, I, I denounce that. I denounce Christian nationalism because Christian nationalism ain't Christ. That You, you notice it's Christian nationalism. So, what's, so, so the noun in that is nationalism. The adjective is Christian. They took some principles and tried to apply it to nationalism, but nationalism came first. They aren't followers of Christ. They're followers of nationalism. And whatever nation they think they are, that's what they believe in. And they're trying to wrap it around Jesus so that people can feel more comfortable with it. Because that it looks like Jesus. But even Jesus said it himself in, and I'm going to let him speak for himself. Matthew chapter 23, I believe it's in. Nope, I'm sorry. Chapter 24. 24 verse 23. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is. Do not believe it, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. So you have some people who are believing in this stuff, and they're supposedly Christians believing in this stuff. Deceiving the very elect. The elect is talking about us, the believers in God, the disciples of Christ. That nationalism sounds good. Why? Because it's appealing to the flesh. 
You have people who feel like they're being robbed of something, being their things are being taken from them, that their nation's being taken from them. And so under the blood-stained banner of Christ, so to speak, they're going to take the country back. Jesus is the ruler of the universe. Can't nobody take anything from him. He owns it all. His, his hands are all over everything. You can't take nothing from the Lord. He, keep walking through these scriptures, Jesus. Just, just, keep, just keep doing your thing. Ephesians. Ephesians. No, I'm sorry. Not Ephesians. Colossians. 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 Colossians chapter 1, starting at verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Where the thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So again, see, we, we, we want to believe so badly that God is going to put up someone who's going to be the representation of God in this nation. Can we call a spade a spade? Ain't nobody that's been a president been the, a shining representation of Jesus. More important than that, Jesus is less concerned with who's sitting in the Oval Office than who we believe is sitting on the throne. Who's, who's president for four years is not going to make a hill of difference when it comes to what God is up to. God's thoughts and his ways are so infinite that he is not trying to establish a kingdom on earth. The kingdom that we reside in is not of this world. And before God ever establishes a new, a new, a new kingdom here on earth, he's going to purify this whole thing. Heaven and earth will pass away before the kingdom comes here on earth again. Romans, Revelation chapter 21. This whole thing's getting revamped. This whole thing's getting purified. This ain't our home. But you got a lot of people who are so scared of losing something that instead of taking that fear to the cross and saying, well, God, you know, I know I got this fear of losing something, but in reality, you've given me everything that I need, so I don't even have anything to be afraid of. Instead, they want to stand on a banner and say, I'm taking it back in the name of Jesus. Taking what? Something that doesn't belong to you because it belongs to the Lord already. Everything that he gives you is his. Like, he, you have it because he gave it to you. Like, make that make sense. So again, saying all that to say, how I feel about Christian nationalism, it's an atrocity. It's a gross perversion of the scriptures. And I'm, you know, ashamed of anyone who follows that because... That is not a representation of Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, I'm sorry if anyone is being affected 
by Christian nationalism because that's not a thing. It's, it, 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 I mean, it's a thing, but it's not, it's not Christian. It's not Christian. Jesus don't don't Jesus, Jesus doesn't endorse that. And as a result, you know, you can take to the bank that if anyone's you know following along with that, that ain't of God. It's not of God, and you don't you don't have to ascribe to that. And please don't let that be the reason why you don't believe. Because I'm here today to tell you, if you're listening to me, you're hearing it from me, by the power of the Holy Spirit living in me, and these scriptures that I've studied, that ain't Jesus. It may sound like him because they wrapped him in some in some Bible verses, but I promise you, that ain't him. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. I thank you guys for the 2,200 likes that we've received thus far. Keep liking, keep sharing, um, keep commenting. See, we got some more comments down in the comment box, so I'm going to um, go down and see what's going on in the comment box right now. Let's see. I'm writing down some of these comments right now. May not be able to get get to all of them. Um, let's see. Oh, Lucian Brown asked, is there anything you need us to pray for you? Oh, man. Um, um, let me see. Um, yeah, there's, um, you know, just pray, just continue to pray for me to, um, to just continue to revel in peace. Um, one of the, one of the challenges that I have as a believer in God is that, you know, I've been prone to look for, you know, um, <clears throat> the ball to drop in my life um and so it's always been a scary thing for me when things are in that things are peaceful um in my life and so um so definitely pray for me that god continues to um you know to revel to to, to allow me to revel in his peace um the peace that surpasses all understanding um i've always been prone to be a little skittish whenever um Whenever I am in peacetime, and I've been reveling in a long period of peace, and so just continue to pray that I revel in that, um, and to not be afraid to revel in the peace of God um, that surpasses all understanding, so as to not create problems. Because um, a lot of times I'll be in that peace, and and then you know I'm so I'm so scared to be to live in peace that here I go looking for trouble. 
And so again, you know, keep me to just help me to just stay in that peace. Help me to, to stay in that peace, to continue to revel in and be reminded of what the Holy Spirit is telling me in my heart and mind and soul that, you know, the things of old are the things of old. Um, that, you know, that I do not have to go back to that. I do not have to go back to the way I used to be. I do not have to go back into those temptations. And even if I do, um, you know, have the temptation that God has created the way for escape for me. And so just as, um, the shop cable is saying, um, you know, the Holy Spirit that lives in me reminds me every single day of what Christ has accomplished. And if I can walk in that, I can rest in that, I can sit in that, I can believe in that, then I can be empowered by the Holy Spirit to keep living that out. So pray for me for that, um, that I continue to revel in the peace that God has given me, that God, that, that Christ brokered on the cross for me, um, so that I can be, um, hallelujah, thank you Sunflower, um, that in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so pray for me for that, that I continue to revel in that. And thank y'all so much for your support and encouragement in that space. Um, and, um, you know, and thank y'all so, so much for giving me the opportunity to be able to share that with y'all. Um, because again, that's something that's always, you know, something that I am personally dealing with, um, from one day to the next. Um, let me see what else is going on in here. Um, Steve, a lot of what you're saying is a, um, is, is, as we would declare in the scriptures, blasphemous. And this is the reason why God will not have his glory to be shared with another at all. Um, so a lot of people will come and say things like, you know, that we are, you know, gods and that we are the existence of him and that we are truth and we are the way and we are the life as a result of that. God's glory will not be shared with another. And so what you're talking about is, is, straight up is, is straight up blasphemous. Calling something that is God's not his and calling something that is not his, his. Um, God's will, God will not share his glory with creation. He, he will, he will, that, that's, that's the reason why Lucifer got kicked out of heaven with a third of the angels. Because Lucifer was attempting to try to rob God of glory and trying to take glory for himself. His glory will not be shared by another person. Jesus' heart broke when Lucifer was dropped. It uh, dropped out of, um, out of the heavenly spaces. Um, and, 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 and we, and, and he lamented over that thing. Like, God's glory will be shared with no, with no one. The Godhead's glory will be shared with no one. And so we, I dare not say that I am the way, the truth, and the life. I dare not say that I carry the Christ consciousness. All, that's, all that is blasphemous. Um, because God's glory will not be shared with anybody. You know, you have people in scripture trying to, trying to take, trying to rob God of his glory. And we some glory thieves ourselves before we even became a part of the kingdom. But you have people who are out here really trying to rob God of his glory and talk about, I am God. Okay, if you say so, buddy. If you say so. I, 
All I'm going to say is this. If you are God, did you die for my sins? Did you die for the sins of the world? Did you rise again? What day did that happen? Let me know so I can, you know, you know, so I can carbon date that. Because, again, you know, ain't nobody out here dying for nobody's sins. Ain't nobody out here doing that. Ain't nobody rising again from the dead after dying for the sins of the world, you know. And so, again, I say all that to say, um, you know, it's blasphemous to believe that any of us are God. Because God's glory will be shared with no one else. You know, the one thing that God is more concerned about than anything else is his name. His glory shall not be shared with anything in the created order. No one will get the glory outside of God. And if, if anyone tries, there, there is, <laughs> Jesus himself said, there is, one, there is one thing that is unforgivable. And that is the sin of blasphemy. And it's unforgivable because it takes a hardened heart who is staunchly against God to declare themselves knowing more than God, being more than God, being better than God. And so if you are that hard-hearted to where you think that you are God, then that's blasphemous, man. And my heart goes out to you, and I hope and pray that God is able to reveal truth to you so that you can walk out of that and, 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 and you know, and receive the truth about who God is um, that he will not be shared. His glory will not be shared. And I dare not, I dare not say that I am God. I dare not say that I have the Christ consciousness. I dare not say any of that stuff because to say that is blasphemous. We are not God. We are creation. We need the Lord in order to be fully human. He placed eternity inside of our hearts for a reason. So that the only thing that can fill it is him. And we can only be fully human with him. So no, I again I can't I can't I can't agree with that. I can't ascribe to that and I will not ascribe to that. Um <clears throat> And so again, yeah, I, I can't, I can't ascribe to that. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much for the 2,200 likes that we've received thus far. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your likes. Thank you for your shares. Um, thank you for your gifts. And thank you for your viewership. I really do appreciate y'all from the bottom of my heart for being on the show. Um, we've been holding, um, holding steady. Um, today, um, and I really do appreciate y'all for taking the time to watch me on this morning. Um, Gotcha Girl asked an interesting question talking about the 400 year silence between the Old and the New Testaments. Um, the basic thing that we, that we want to emphasize about what happened during that time is that the prophets were done. Like, that's, that's the big, that's the biggest part of all. There was a big bad silence you know the prophets back in that time were known as the mouthpiece of God they were the ones who spoke on God's behalf if you look throughout all the Old Testament there was always somebody who was speaking for God who was prophesying for God who was 
talking about God in some way, shape, or form, having strong revelation from the Lord about whatever was going on with him, uh, whatever it is that he was wanting to tell his people. Even during exile, even during the time of exile, there was somebody speaking for him. All those prophets in the Old Testament, um, you know, beyond Isaiah and Ezekiel in them, um, Daniel was a, was a big one during the exile. Um, and a lot of the others were, were big during the exile, telling them, you know, while you're down in exile, make sure to take care of the cities that you live in. God's going to bring you back to the city eventually. Um, like, there was a lot of talking going on. Um, and they were talking of a promised Messiah at the same time. But after a certain point, God shut up the mouths of the prophets. There was no more talk, no more communication between the prophets and between the um, between God and the prophets and so um that silence was God just saying there's nothing left to be said it's it's it, it's 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 go time and so for 400 years there was an absolute silence in the world you know and as I'm just speaking in conjecture I don't know this to be fact um this is just purely my thoughts so this is the here's the Bible here are my thoughts um, but I can, I can, I can surmise that God did that in an attempt to help people uh, to, 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 to create a spiritual dissonance, a, a, a dissonance between him and the Jews so that when Jesus arrived, you know, John the Baptist coming in first, coming in hot first, and then Jesus arrives, the people were in such silence from God that his arrival was like who this who are you oh you, you Jesus for real you really think you Jesus you really think you're the Messiah like really and so you know that's what I believe you know that's what I think anyway that's what I think that you know that God created that God created a spiritual dissonance between the Jews and Jesus in preparation for what Jesus was about to get into. Um, because again, had they known that Jesus was coming, the day, the time, the hour, all of that, it, they, if they would have known, they never would have crucified him. And Jesus' arrival was not so that he can come and sit and be king and it be king of the Jews, but he was to be the king of the universe. He he already was the king of the universe, still is king of the universe. But he came here. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. He came to become a ransom for many. And so that 400 year gap of time was such to where you had a lot of people who knew a lot about him, but they didn't. They couldn't tell who he was. You know, 400 years is a long time. And they, at that point, weren't living like the um, like the people in the Old Testament living to be 800, 900, you know, Methuselah years old. You know what I'm saying? They were living about 80, 90 years old. And so you had a, new, a whole new generation of people who did not know the Lord the way that the old generation did. So that when Jesus showed up, like, this ain't the Jesus that I've been reading about in the scriptures. This ain't the one who's supposed to show up and supposed to, you know, um, you know, come on a white horse and supposed to take everything down. This Jews on a donkey. What is that? And so again, I feel I believe that um 
that he created a dissonance, a spiritual dissonance between himself and the Jews so that when Jesus showed up, their eyes were, were just as, their eyes were so blinded, they could not see who Jesus was and that needed to happen in an attempt, in an effort to get Jesus to the cross. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful for every person who has come on the live and grateful that you guys give us this opportunity to be able to worship in spirit and truth and be able to give you guys a little bit of knowledge and wisdom about the Lord that you can carry with yourself moving forward. Um, and grateful that you give us this opportunity to be able to, um, to walk in um, the knowledge of God with you guys. Um, Vespertine asked this question, um, asking if Jesus um, could choose that he not be crucified. Um, I'm going to pin this comment real quick. Was Jesus capable of choosing not to not be crucified, or was it a predetermined fate? Um, so, yes, to both. Um, I don't know what kinds of conversations the Godhead had when they decided to create this universe, when they create, decided to create this world, when they decided to create Adam and Eve, when they decided to create everything in the world. Um, but throughout the entirety of scripture from Genesis to Revelation, we see a pattern of reconciliation. We see a pattern of reconciliation. In Genesis... Adam and Eve broke the universe when they committed sin, treason against God. And God covered their nakedness by sacrificing an animal to create clothes to cover their shame, their nakedness. That is a picture of reconciliation. That despite their sin, their guilt, shame, and nakedness being exposed, God covered them through a sacrifice sacrificed an animal to create them clothes to cover their shame and their nakedness they covered themselves with fig leaves God covered them with, with skin garments and God did that as a picture of what Christ was getting ready to do for some 4,000 years later rough, relatively speaking so I don't know what kind of conversation God had with Christ and the Holy Spirit. The Godhead, three in one, the Holy Trinity. I don't know what kind of conversation they had. But it's apparent throughout all of Scripture that reconciliation was always the plan. That restoration was always the plan. That dying for the sins of the world was always the plan. And it was always the plan by virtue of them creating the world this way. All three of them, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, were, or, were, um, were instrumental in creating the universe and holding it together. And so I would imagine that before they created all of this, they had a conversation. And the conversation might have gone something like this. Again, I don't know. I'm just speaking conjecture. How do we want to demonstrate the character and the nature of who we are? That is the question 
that I believe they might have had. They might have they might have asked themselves, how do we in this creation that we're creating, the people that we're creating, how do we want to demonstrate our character and our nature to them? And this is what they chose. They chose. Because God was a because Christ was a part of that conversation. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They were there. All three in one were there having that conversation. And they decided this is what was gonna happen. This is this is how we do it. This is what they decided. And so again, was Jesus capable of choosing not to be crucified? Yes. Was it a predetermined fate? Yes. They had a conversation in the Godhead, a conversation we are not privy of. We are, as creation, we, God gave us what he's given us. He's given us what he's given us. This is all we privy to. If he decides to give us extra revelation, he'll be like, Paul, I'm giving it to you, but you can't tell nobody. Hey, do what you do. If God decides to have that, show you that, to God be the glory. But, again, that's a conversation they had. I don't know if that was the conversation that they had. But I would imagine that by being a part of the Godhead, that Christ could have chosen another way. And he didn't. They didn't. And it was predetermined before creation. And again, just looking at Genesis alone lets us know it was already determined before the foundations of the world that this was going to happen as a demonstration of the character and the nature of the Godhead. While we were yet sinners, while we were yet enemies, while we were weak, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for us. Christ gave his life for us. If that's not love, because he did it so we can be free. You see what I'm saying? He did it so we can be connected to the Godhead, that eternity could be filled in our hearts upon repentance and belief, not by our works, not by trying to get it right, clean ourselves up first, ransom our influence, our money, our power, our prestige. While we were yet enemies to God, rebellious against God, Christ died for us. Our, our God did that. And so... To demonstrate his character and his nature. The Godhead decided this is what we're going to do. And what greater love than for someone to lay down his life for his friends. So not only are we disciples, not only are we children of God, not only are we, you know, heirs of God, not only are we servants of God, Jesus calls us friends. 
he laid down his life for his friends. How often we're saying, you know, you know, I married my best friend. You know, I feel like we, you know, are really good when it comes to having sex, but we're terrible friends when we're in relationship. Jesus says, you're my friend. The prince of the universe calls us friend. That's like LeBron James saying, hey, let's be friends. It's like, you know, Prince William or Prince Harry saying, hey, let's be friends. Like, huh? Me? It's like Beyonce or Kalani saying, I want to be your friend. That's like Mark Wahlberg or Channing Tatum saying, let's be friends. Me? You, you want to be friends with me? For real? The prince of the universe. The one who created all this. Holding all, holding it all together. I want to be your friend. You don't get no better than that. And everything had to happen the way that it had to happen so that we could be his friend. Sounded like love to me. So again, was Jesus capable of choosing not to be crucified? Yes. Was it a predetermined fate? Yes. Yes to both. And again, my assumption is that the Godhead had a conversation long before creation and said, how are we going to demonstrate the char our character and nature to our people, to the people we created? And this is what they chose. And to God be the glory, because whew, that love feels like a warm blanket. It's just so reassuring. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, give me one second to reboot um, my computer just to make sure the recording is still on. Um, I believe it is. And it is. Okay. So we're still going strong there. Um, with you guys again Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, let's see what's going on here in the comment box. All right, let's see. Steve was going in, looks like, um, a whole, bu a whole bunch of people trying to, um, declare themselves to be godless. And I, listen, I ain't standing in your way. If that's what you feel like doing, you know, hey, do what you do. Do what you do. Let's see. Let me see. Right, let me writing this down real quickly. This is when I need some theme music. I'm going to go try to find me some royalty-free music so I can have some music playing in the background during these times where I got to get quiet so that you guys don't feel like things just gotten completely silent, whether it be on the show, on the podcast, or whether it be right here. Which, by the way, if you miss any part of this, um, of this live, you can go to Spotify and soon we'll be on Apple Podcasts as well and hear the entirety of the show 
immediate almost immediately after the show is over so if you ever miss any part of this or you feel you got to get up out of here because you got to go do something you can always catch a, a replay of the entire show unedited uncut unfiltered on spotify and soon on apple Podcasts as well um just look up the true gospel morning show the podcast and you'll find us there um and so feel free to you know to to follow that so that way, anytime you're on the show and you got to go, you can find the entirety of every show that we do. Go backward, forward, rewind, replay every episode from our inception to now. Um, you can find that on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, and so, just an, just an FYI for you guys there. I'm trying to write this down. And sin, God, no, they would do Okay, again, I want to thank you guys so much for the follows and the likes on today. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day thus far in the name of the Lord. Um, I see there's no other um, real comments in the comment box of which I need to address. And so that'll give me a chance to look back at the list of things that people have said before. Because you guys have been giving some really good comments as of late. I don't know if you can see the page but yeah y'all been giving some really good comments and i've been writing as much as i can down um so that way we have plenty of topics to talk about in the days and weeks ahead so i really do appreciate y'all for just keeping those comments coming keep those questions coming and i try to get to them as much as i can um and just great grateful to y'all um christina says god is good heck yeah he is all the time girl all the time god is good um, and so we're grateful that God gives us this opportunity to be able to um, just have these questions on hand so that way in the event that we don't have anything else in the box, uh, we'll have something to be able to talk about in the box. Um, Vespertine asked yesterday, um, you know, a perfect being has desires. Um, you know, uh, why would a perfect being have desires? Um, part of the reason why God has desire. well, let me back up that's not what I that's not what I want to say um we have to remember that as image bearers of God as image bearers of God we are imbued with the character and the nature of God it doesn't make us God but we carry his um character and his nature we are to reflect the character and the nature of God throughout all of creation 
as the image bearers, the viceroys of God himself. God said in Genesis, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. He wasn't necessarily talking about building a body that looked exactly like, that looked exactly like God. We can assume that maybe we do, but God is spirit. And so, again, those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. But, um, but God is a spirit. And so, making us in his image was not necessarily about us looking like him as if God looks like man. Um, the physical attributes thereof. But rather that we embody the character and the nature of God. And just as we have desires, so does he. The desires that he's placed in us are the desires that he's that he that he embodies himself. He desires, you know, love. He desires, you know, um, you know, um, he desires communion. Um, he desires, you know, peace. He desires joy. Um, he desires the fruit of the spirit: patience, kindness, um, long suffering. You know, he desires those things, um, and those things he seeks after. He seeks after love, seeks after forgiveness, um, seeks after patience. You know, he's the one who draws near to us, right? And so, in saying that, I'm not saying that he needs those things from us. Let's be clear. God don't need not a nail one of us, okay? God don't need none of us. If God so decided, I say this all the time, if God so desired, if go, if God so decided, he could kill me, make another me, give that other me all of my memories, all my thoughts, all my temperaments, all my emotions, um, all my actions, all my history, even the, the exactly the way that my hairs are right now. Put me in the same shirt. Put me in this seat, and I wouldn't even know I died. That's how unneedy God is. He don't need us for nothing. He's not a God to be served by human hands. He don't need us. <sighs> see if I can find it, man. Godly God. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Nope. Nope there. Probably not gonna find it. Oh, here we go. I did. I think. Paul said to the people in Athens, verse 24 of Acts chapter 17 The God who made the world and everything in it being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, 
since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined the allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our, be have our being, as even some of your, as some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. God don't need us. God don't need us. Somebody on here um, said to me one day that, you know, that I'm a typical inferior human. You're dang right I am. Compared to the superiority of God. Someone on here once called me a victim. Yeah, I'm a victim of sin. And I needed someone superior to make me victorious over sin. God don't need us. I'm not strong enough to, to do anything for God. I'm not powerful enough to do anything for God. I'm not capable enough. I'm not, I'm not smart enough to do anything for God. He is the supreme being. God don't need us. God does not need us at all. And so, at the end of the day, God doesn't need us to fulfill his desires. He does that in and of himself. He, the Godhead does that in and of himself. But he's placed those same desires in us as we reflect the, re the renown of God the supremacy of God and place eternity inside of our hearts so that the only thing that can satisfy the longings of the soul, the desires of the soul is God. So again, when we talk about glorifying God, what we're saying is, you know, how can we go about doing what we do from one day to the next, fulfilling the desires of our heart in a God honoring way? For honoring God is our deepest desire, which is the same desire that the Godhead has. As they are submitting one to another, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, submitting one to another while honoring the positions that they play. Where God is the head, Christ is the, you know, is, 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 you know, in, is the second, and the Holy Spirit is the third, but they're all equal at the same time. In joyful submission one to another, that God that honoring one another, that's what they placed, that's what God placed inside of us. A desire to glorify God. That's our deepest desire. That's their deepest desire. To glorify one another. How many times did um did Jesus say, I glorify the God the Father and Father glorifies me? The Holy Spirit's glorifying like there's this whole relationship going on right there. Of one outdoing one another in glorifying each other. Jesus didn't lord his position in the kingdom as something to be taken advantage of. Rather, he lowered himself and became humble as a servant, even to the point of death. Glorifying God and God glorifying him. That in humble submission to God, God exalted his name to be above every name. 
And then Jesus gave the Holy Spirit the responsibility of empowering, of encouraging, of giving us the ability to do the things that we do. Jesus could have done that, but he gave the Holy Spirit that responsibility. That's why a lot of us really need to tap into what the Holy Spirit is and what his job really is and what he really does for us. Because a lot of us don't know what the Holy Spirit's job really is. But it's the Holy Spirit's job to empower us. It's the Holy Spirit's job to encourage us. It's the Holy Spirit's job to do all, to help us to do the works. The greater works. Jesus died for our sins. The Holy Spirit does his job. And Jesus is not trying to claim credit for doing the Holy Spirit's work. Because they're all a part of the Godhead. And so again. <clears throat> Jesus, Does God have desires? Yes he has desires. But he ain't asking us to fill them. He fulfills them in himself. But those same desires are the desires he's placed inside of us as we reflect the character and the nature of who he is. So that we can carry out those desires by the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us as we reflect the renown and the, um, and the glory and the majesty of God. And as it is his desire to glorify himself and glorify the Godhead, our deepest desire is to glorify God and the Godhead. <clears throat> and if we, that becomes our greatest desire, all these things shall be added unto us. That's why he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto us. When, when glorifying God becomes our deepest delight, whew, it's like a warm blanket. It just satisfies the soul. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're grateful for everyone who gave us this opportunity to be able to speak to you guys today. And grateful that you guys give us um, the space to be able to spit truth and knowledge to you. Um, again, you guys could be watching anything else, being anywhere else, doing anything else. And yet you guys give us the opportunity to be able to talk to, talk to you guys today. And so we're just grateful for you guys um, having this opportunity to be able to, um, to you know, speak truth to you guys and be able to spit knowledge to you. OMG Rab um, has said a bunch of stuff, you know, um, that we've all seen before. So, you know, the only thing that I have to say in light of everything that you're saying here is that unless you have a relationship with the Lord, you will never understand anything that we're talking about. And you will lean on your own understanding to try to understand spiritual truths. And so I don't expect you to come here and understand anything that I'm talking about and to make your own judgments about what we're talking about in an attempt to try to get us to stop talking. But we're not going to. And so you're welcome to continue to say what you say and do what you do. I'm not going to stop you. You know, I'm going to mute you at some point, but I'm not going to do it today. Um, if you come on earlier, you know, just so that I can get through the um, the comments. I may mute you just so I can get through the other comments because uh, you would be taking up space. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to sit here and try to convince you. What I will do, though... Is keep talking to my brothers and sisters, and at some point, if something you know becomes something of 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 um of some of substance that you want to talk about, then so be it. 
especially when you consider that just about every question that you asked, I already answered like 30, 40 minutes ago. So we ain't, so not definitely not going to go through all that over again. But what you can do, as I told my friends earlier today, is go back on Spotify and Apple Podcasts in a few days um, and replay this whole conversation today. It'll be up in about, in about 15, 20 minutes. You can go back and listen to the whole thing and listen to everything that I said that addressed just about every question that you asked um, on the live. And so, again, if you're willing, if you want to, you can go back and listen to everything that I said. But I'm not about to go back and rehash all that right now because, again, we went through that whole process. At the end of the day, unless you have a relationship with Jesus, you are not going to understand anything that we're talking about. And so, rather than go into a you know whole thing with you, just sit back and relax and listen to some things. And maybe you get some knowledge at the end of the day. Um, and so grateful again for your opportunity. Um, for, for the opportunity to be able to share some truth and some knowledge with you on today. Um, let's see. Um, Speaking of that, with the last four minutes that I have on the show today, someone said to me that, you know, if, um, you know, that, you know, why, why am I, you know, believing in God? He thought that I'm supposed to be an educated person. Um, OMG Rab talks about no explanation requires him. Logically, chances are infinitely small to believe for any reasons to throw away your own logic. Um... 2 Corinthians um, talks about this. No, not for second. 1 Corinthians talks about this. Let Paul speak for himself. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting at verse 18. The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has God not made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs, and Greeks, talking about us Gentiles and talking about us New Age people who need logic so badly, seek wisdom but we cr preach Christ crucified a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God for the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men for consider your calling brothers not many of you were wise according to worldly standards not many were powerful not many were of noble birth, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to, to us the wisdom of God, Righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. 
So I say all that to say to anyone who, like OMG Rab says, no evidence exists of God, no explanation requires him, logically chances are infinitely small. To believe for any reason is to throw away your own logic. Jesus uses the foolishness of preaching our illogical stuff to confound logic. And that's why it doesn't make sense. And it never will make sense. Not to someone who doesn't believe in Jesus. So as I tell to all of y'all, don't get in foolish debates with people who don't believe in God because it takes the Holy Spirit to know who Jesus is and to understand what we're talking about. So don't get in foolish debates. That God is using things that aren't logical to demonstrate his character and his nature. We don't have to prove the existence of God. That's not our lane. That's not our job. That's not our role. Our job is to preach Jesus and then get out of Jesus' way and let Jesus do his work. Let him do the work of drawing people to him. So if you come on the show, like I invite y'all to do all the time, I'm not going to get into a debate with anybody. I'm just going to keep preaching Jesus. You say what you want to say, feel how you want to feel. We need existence of, we need proof of God's existence. I ain't got none. God said to prove his existence, me, prove his existence by how you love one another. So that's what I choose to do. I love all y'all. I'm going to mute you sometimes because you get in the way of me reading these comments. So I got to mute you to move y'all out the way. But I love y'all. And if you stick around, you listen long enough, you'll be able to get some knowledge, get some truth, you know, and decide what you want to do with it. But at the end of the day, you're absolutely right. You know, I don't have any evidence. Because God ain't trying to be out here showing people who he is in an attempt to get them to see. He said, blessed are those who haven't seen and yet believe. And so we walk by faith, not by sight. And he's using the foolishness, the illogicalness of preaching to confound and destroy and dismantle logic. So you're 100% right. What we're preaching is illogical. It ain't supposed to make sense. Not to one who ain't, who ain't in lockstep with Jesus. Because it's only when you're in lockstep with Jesus that any of this stuff starts to make sense. Because this stuff, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, No one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And in verse 14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So unless you have a relationship with the Lord... And the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. You are never going to understand anything that we say. And that's okay. Because it's not my job to make you understand. My lane, my job, and my role is to just keep preaching Jesus. And then get out of God's way and let him do the work of regeneration. 
reconciliation, forgiveness, peace, taking out the heart of stone and replacing it with a heart of flesh. That's God's word. So you're absolutely right. It ain't logical. It ain't supposed to be. We're not going to get it up here. We're not going to get it in our hearts. It's got to come through the spirit. It's got to come through the soul. Listen, I'm over time. Thank y'all so, so much for the 2,800 likes. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the follows. Thank you for the shares. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for the prayers. I appreciate y'all from the bottom of my heart for spending time with your boy on today as we've been spitting truth, been spitting wisdom, been spitting knowledge of the glory and the majesty and the splendor of God. I thank y'all so, so much for giving me this opportunity to talk to y'all today. Y'all could have been anywhere else listening to anybody else do anything else. And yet y'all spent time with your boy talking about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for us. You guys have a fantastic Tuesday in the name of the Lord. We'll be right back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. As always, if you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies.